All right, Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 79 of the Kiss FAQ Podcast. I'm your host today, Julian Gill, admin on the Kiss FAQ Message Board. And joining me... Welcome back from your little field trip, Lonnie. Glad to see Thank you. you. Did you yeah. have fun? I did. It was great. I saw Guns N' Roses last night in Kansas City. Um, we had a little bit of an, an, an adventure getting there. We had car problems, which was great. But we got there on we got there in plenty of time. Yeah, but you're gonna get there plenty of time anyway because Axel always shows up late. We went on stage at nine twenty-five last night, right on time. Well, good wow. job. Right. He's like a reformed character. Gotta, gotta He's like a different man. You know, I got to say, point. I bagged on the GNR reunion. I was like, uh, Axel, I bagged on him for the ACDC thing. And then I heard him singing the ACDC stuff. I'm like, okay, he's doing it respectfully. He's pulling it off. And then I heard him singing Guns N' Roses stuff afterwards from the first show. I was like, holy shit, he sounds absolutely fantastic. He sounds like, better than Like he's taking care of himself, like he's got a respect for his material after going out there and having to sing ACDC stuff and be extremely respectful to them that it maybe gave him, who knows, maybe he grew up and suddenly respected his catalog and what, especially that first album, is, uh, you know, musically. So really cool. Yeah, I've heard he went and got a went and has been working with a vocal coach for the first time in in over a decade, and I think he's he's back to to taking it serious again. And it, I mean, it showed last night. They were really professional. They showed up, you know, on time. Came on stage at nine twenty five, played for almost a good solid three hours. I mean, for guys wow. that are, I mean, they're no spring chickens anymore. They're in their fifth. They're I think Axel's fifty four for to get up there. And, and it was hot as can be last night and he was moving around, you know, didn't, you know, let the heat bother him or anything. And they were, they were spot on all night. It was fantastic. So I think that's hilarious. Axel Rose gets a vocal coach. That's like taking a pit bull to a groomer. But, oh my uh, word. <laughs> but whatever, if it's working, you know, enough about that reunion. Let's get on, with, get on with our show. And of course, joining us again today, Ken, 69th Blizzard on the board. Welcome back, sir. And Marcus Almighty, Mark. So, so just to get some KISS stuff out of the way, um, if you've been on the KISS FAQ message board, Recently, you'll see someone's posted some links to uh, Sean Delaney, 2002 Expo appearance. Um, and obviously, he's been gone quite a few years now. And he's got some interesting things to say. Let's just say very large pinch, pinch of salt. Um, but it's it's great to see some additional footage of him. Um, if you're like one of us who got to interact with Sean a bit while he was still with us at the end of his life, um, he was claiming all sorts of stuff and not all of it's, you know, kind of entirely accurate, but uh, it's certainly entertaining. So you can find the board over on the FAQ message board or it's probably all over Facebook by now. It's certainly very entertaining. Also, I hear that Kiss tickets for the tour are on sale in many markets, 25 bucks. And that popped up on yeah. Facebook today, so I guess it must be true. Um, of course, none of them are coming anywhere near me, and I couldn't use any of my Ticketmaster vouchers from the yeah. settlement to get any freaking tickets. Mm. But uh, that's neither here nor there. And it is Thursday, the 30th of June. 
which makes it Happy Birthday to the Love Gun album. And in celebration of that, today my On Tour series, digital only right now for Kindle, is live up on Amazon. So you want to read all about the Love Gun Tour, shock and awe, go check it out. All right, let's get into today's topic, which, you know, it's it's really quite straightforward, so... You know what really grinds my gears? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't resist doing that, and... Uh, it's fantastic. I, I, I might even put that back in, you know, when I put the show together, but uh, it's rants and raves. It's, you know, what really gets us worked up about the band that we <laughs> profess to love? You know, what really grinds our gears? Um... You know, basically for me, it's whenever Gene and Paul use Twitter or attempt to use any social media. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm going to throw this one out there to Lonnie first because, uh, you know, I, like I said, I've been sick all week. I haven't really thought about it too much. So, Lonnie, what, what really grinds your gears when it comes to Kiss? Well, really, okay. What really gets me going about them, and you bring up a good point with the whole Twitter thing. Whenever one of them gets on Twitter and starts speaking their mind, is that's, a, that's an excellent point. But, but for me... It's the fact that you were putting out this DVD in August for a show that happened. It'll be almost two years later that this show happened. Does it, it doesn't take two years to put out a DVD. I mean, Motley Crue put out, had their thing in the theater um, for their last show that they did back in New Year's Eve. And that was six months ago. We're doing it. We're, why does it take so long for Kiss to do anything? Um, and, and, and we've talked about this on the show numerous times. It's like, well, Kiss was following trends, and they're always late to the party in that, because it takes Kiss so long to do anything, it seems like. Um, so that, I think that, that's what really gets me more than anything. It's like we keep waiting and waiting and waiting for some kind of Kiss news or something to happen, and by the time it does, it's just like, you know, you missed the boat. Like when... Uh, like I'll give you an example, like when that rock, that um, that video game Rockstar was really, or Guitar Hero was Guitar really big, Hero, that's right. and yeah. and Aerosmith had their own game, the Beatles yeah. had their own game, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, that's perfect for a band like Kiss to have their own rocks, you know, band game like that, you know, where you could start off in the clubs and you could work your way up to to different stages, like the Destroyer stage, a Love Gun stage, a Dynasty stage, a Take Off the Makeup, and then you could work your way up, bam, to Detroit Stadium in '96 and they could put all, you know, and they did have an act, and and they, you know, they did put out like an axe bass for that. But I mean, you could have Paul mm-hmm. Stanley guitars, Ace Frehley type guitars, axe basses, all kinds of stuff that they could really market. And a guy like me, who I don't play video games, but I might have bought into that though. And there's a lot of guys out out there like like us that would have said, you know what, that's really freaking cool how you can do this, and I want to see it because and I want to see how they relate these stages to the video games, and you can put out, they could put out like like. Demo like not demos of songs, but like um, like rare live recordings for different sides. Yeah, you could that you could play along to. Like, why aren't why don't we do stuff stuff that that they don't do? It just drives me stuff that they don't do. I guess drives me crazy. Because it makes sense. That's why they don't do it. Right. Or and I get you know. And at the end of the day, you know, maybe maybe they were trying to do something because there did end up being like a like a Gene Simmons axe bass for that rock band, but. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the end of the day, G might have wanted more money than than they were willing to give them. We might not know the whole story yet. There might be more to that story that we know. But yeah. imagine that. G don't don't forget, there money. was there was a plug-in pack for one of these games 
that had Kiss tracks from a like hundred thousand years old. Or yeah, something, right? and, and I think Calling Doctor Love. Uh, yeah, I don't remember because I don't play those freaking games. But uh, well, no, 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 there, there was something. But you know, to to been able to go into Best Buy <laughs> and have buy a big you know console box that had the Kiss this logo, Kiss. you know, no, the be, the live was... cover. You know, and I think the merchandising ideas that you just mentioned, you know, apart from obviously Gene's axe base, which obviously was obvious for them, yeah. you know, not having like an Ace Frehley smoking or light up guitar, you know, it's just so sure. such a, a, a mm-hmm. miss. That would have been fantastic. But instead of doing that, we're focusing on Hello Kitty shit and crap like that instead of like really cool things that would have appealed to real Kiss fans and music fans. Instead, we're releasing, you know, plush dolls and. Just garbage. <laughs> oh, you know what? At least you've got the kiss toilet paper to go with that shit. Right. <laughs> no, you know, and, and part of the problem I think is that Kith is such a monolithic kind of entity that a lot of things get overthought and oversequenced and overscheduled. And look how long the timeline has been for Vegas. Instead of being hit and run do the show, re-record the vocals, clean up the, the... Put it out by spring, you know? Yeah, you know, instead of, you know, striking while the iron is hot, there's been a slow burn of, we're going to promote it at this event, we're going to show it on the theater screens, oh wait, now we're going to do a pay-per-view, and then we're going to do 18 different versions. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, you know, Just I, 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 I got to hand it to them, you know, these versions of that that they're talking about, None of them interest me. I don't want a DVD and a Blu-ray. <laughs> I either want just the LP on its own, or a CD of it on CD. its own, or perhaps even a you know a Blu-ray or a DVD. I don't want to have to buy a pack which has some funky packaging that means that the DVD doesn't fit next to all my other DVDs. I don't want it, or the CD doesn't fit next right. to all my other CDs. Instead, Correct. I've got this big box that is bigger than an LP, or and I don't want to do with. that doesn't fit in my LP rack. So, mm. you know, that that's the, the sort of thing that bothers me. Oh, my gears are grinding. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear them. <laughs> Ken, let's move on to you. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll stick on, uh, I'll stay on kind of Lonnie's subject. I, I agree with him, though, about the video game thing. Boy, they, they really missed an opportunity there. Uh, I do have that Axe Base uh, game guitar, and... I got it, and I only had bought one of those Rockstar. I think it was Rockstar's like greatest hits, or one of them, one of those deals. I think it was the other one, the other company that did it. And I remember there is a Kiss song on there. Um, it's probably Rock and Roll All Night. I can't even remember now. Um, but uh, one of them, I, I I agree with the. What really bothers me is this Kissology forever thing, along with and including. And again, they've taken so long to do this stuff, just like with the documentary, uh, that thing, what the heck? They were promoting it for a while when they first announced it. And then once that stopped, they just, they don't say anything about it. They won't talk about it. It's like, what the heck happened? Um, And plus, you know, the Kissology thing, I guess finally maybe something's going to happen because, you know, we heard Doc was talking to, to legal to lawyers or who knows what to to get this stuff you know out um i guess not only it, not only four but five as well apparently <laughs> yeah five you know like i said back five. to back well he was saying doc yeah doc was saying he envisioned four as uh, a 
a combination of one, two, and three packaged together in four, plus additional on top of that. So you'll you'll get everything in Blu-ray, Casology one, two, and three, plus what it, extras in four. So it'd be all one package that Casology four. That's what he said. I hope I hope that's true, and I hope it's on Blu-ray. So we'll see what happens. But that that bothers me. Like I don't know. I, and the, plus they have all this stuff recorded. Uh, history of you know the band and concert that they've just never released and I don't I just don't understand it um, I'll just go on to another thing real quick is what the heck why the heck can't they release some special packaging CDs you know remaster again maybe but put these new packages not like the love gun one you know expand it beyond that a bigger package, you know, with the CD and maybe a, yes, you can have a second of real demos, a lot of demos, not an interview uh, with Gene and some other things, like but a thing with expand Paul. it. Yeah. We don't, I mean, that's kind of cool, but I want, I can listen to that more than once. I expected the demos around that time, a bunch of demos, um, which we didn't get. Plus I would have also liked, they could put a, put the, a DVD in there. Or Blu-ray of a concert of a Love Gun tour concert. Put that in there too, and then maybe expand it to have a book in there too. It could be in a bigger box. I don't know, but no, well, nothing too nothing too big. Yeah, nothing too big. They were it won't fit on <laughs> Julian's shelf. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, there's so much they can do with that stuff. They need to communicate with their darn I don't think they talk to their the you know universal at all I, I really don't think so I think they ought to approach them and like hey this we'd like to do this it's, here's a bunch of demos for different periods of time let's let's make special editions of that doesn't quite work that way unfortunately and, th- mm. and they most certainly do talk to uh, universal and there are well, I guess there are things that I, I simply can't really talk about when it comes to that, but <laughs> if only it were so simple of saying we want to do something. Nothing with KISS is that simple, sadly. And just look at the clusterfucks that are Destroyer Resurrected, what it was supposed to be originally as intended, a 2CD, what it could have been, and Love Gun, Love Gun, which what it could have been. And then compare that to one that they did do well, and I'm going to call the Alive 75 to 2000 box set, one that was done extremely well. Or not necessarily extremely well, but done very well. You know, putting everything onto a single CD. You know, the the single mix for you know and the bonus track and obviously the wonderfully pacey Alive Four as originally intended. I mean, that was just a Speed Demon performance. <laughs> really, yeah. when you get to take it off on there too on, on Alive yeah. Three. That, yeah, it did, you know, it did the import version, so you know they they, they did that right. Yeah, and it had a nice book, and it was in a nice you know non-standard folding slipcase that doesn't quite fit properly but is close enough so and it yeah. was well done mark you know we're leaving you very silent here uh before you wander <laughs> off again let's get one of yours well just to uh further uh what what ken was saying i think what he's envisioning is something like this this is king crimson's thrack box which is the one of their albums that they released years ago but they re-released it as you can see 
There are many discs and Blu-rays and DVDs, live performances, alternate versions of the album, 5-1 mixes, new stereo mixes. Like, I mean, anything you can think of is on here. Okay, like they have road movies. They have the EPKs. They have, you know, a performance in, in Japan. They have, you know, just... I mean, if you think of something that you could do to expand an album, it's done here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just unbelievable. I'll see if I can just hold it up a bit better again for you guys. But it's just unbelievable the amount of stuff that you can get on here, wow. on there. And, I mean, it, you know, in a world where Kiss maybe were not at the mercy of giving up their rights so much, and maybe if they owned them more, like a band like this did, where they went to court, and you know, I mean, don't forget, you know, um, Robert Fripp took, you know, Virgin Records and these labels to court for many, many years and battled out in court and pretty much put that band on hold to get his rights back and then could do these things because of that, right? But that's just, that's neither here nor there when it comes to Kiss. But if they were able to do that, Maybe Kiss in, a, in an alternate world could do something like this, make a, mm-hmm. you know, a destroyer like that or a rock and roll over like that. I'd be, I'd love that, right? But, you know, oh, yeah, that's, that's I think what everybody's kind of hoping for. I know Ken's hoping for that. I know I was always hoping for something like that. But just like Julian said, for reasons that are beyond what we know, I'm sure those things can't happen for certain reasons, and most of it's probably legal, and most of it's because they gave up rights before and stuff like that, and unfortunately that's how it is and i'm hoping they can do something cool still maybe you know if they try to you know mend some bridges with these people or i don't know what they have to do to do it but just something to get something going but getting back to kiss now just really quickly there's two things really that irk me about kiss now i have a kind of jekyll and hyde relationship with kiss where the same thing that I kind of love about Kiss might also be the thing that kind of pisses me off about them a week later. But the one thing that really bugged me, and this happened kind of recently, because I pulled out my Kissology DVDs, and I like watching them on commentary, you know, because it's kind of fun just listening to some of the things that they talk about and stuff like that. And something Paul Stanley said on the third one, that's really pissed me off that he said it, and I I need to address it, because it's one of those things that they seem to do, and it really bothers me, is on the 2000 show that last kiss episode they talk about that how they had to they knew that they had to you know split up that band because they were becoming predictable now as soon as i heard him say that i stopped for a minute and go you know what if that was predictable what the hell is going on now i mean you want to talk about a predictable band yeah i mean i think everybody on the kiss faq board can write out the set list for a kiss show now before they even play their first performance of the tour. Well, that bunch of much haters? Absolutely. No oh, I mean, we can all tell what they're going to play next week when they go on tour. On. Now, if if that's not yes. predictable, then I don't know what the hell is. I mean, we've, we've done many episodes on this show talking about what kind of different stages they could do, what kind of different designs, what can they do to change up stuff, and why are we talking about that? Because they're predictable as hell, these people. What the hell is going on here? I mean, you're talking about a band that at one point everybody was looking up to and were trying to follow and be in the same, you know, bubble of, you know, excellence as they were. And now, I mean, there are so many bands that have eclipsed them now as far as excellent stage shows 
that, in my opinion, personally put kisses to shame. I mean, like I said before, that last Rush tour that happened was phenomenal. The whole idea of going through and changing their their stage setup on stage as the performances were happening was absolutely mind-blowing and excellent. I loved it. I loved how they went through their whole catalog from beginning from the from the near newest stuff all the way back to the beginning and changed their set on stage to make it look like they were going back in time, literally to like one amp each at the end of it. You know, a little rinky dink amp on a chair each. Like that's that's you know Canadian humor and Rush humor as well put into that. But that's you know, don't tell me you can't do those kinds of things. And Kiss, you know, they they have you know. The, so, the resources and stuff like that to do it. I mean, they may, they have some great, you know, big, huge stages. Don't tell me you can't think of something more innovative to go out there and make the show more, like, to make it different, to mix it up a bit. I mean, that's the thing that bugs me. He goes on there and blames Ace and Peter, saying, that, oh, we became so predictable as a band. But you know what? You're still predictable now, even without them. So what what's really changed? You know? Yeah, yep. not, they need some wash, they, need, they need some uh, washing machines on stage or some rotisserie amen. chickens. Washing you know. machines. That's right. I, I can't remember which Rush DVDs those were, but that was freaking hilarious. That was test. That was test for Echo and stuff mm. like that. They did that. They had Getty Lee had a washing machine because what they pretty much did is that they wanted to get rid of the cliche of the whole you know seven stacks of marshals on the stage. So they got rid of them and put like rotisserie chicken things on there and stuff like like a whole stack of those. You know, or a whole bunch of dryers and stuff on stage, in which the roadie would come out in this on stage in the middle of the set, open the dryer, take out the yep. towels and the t-shirts, and start throwing it into the crowd. Right, yeah. that, that, which was that fantastic. Awesome. That's funny. And that is a real problem with Kiss and the stage show, which yeah, the stage like- show is just so freaking boring and overdone and really kind of the same now. That mm-hmm. it's like I can't wait to see what it is next week. I know Eric Singer's made some comments recently about it, but on I read the thread and I can't remember a thing about it, so I'm not going to go there other than to say that there's a thread. But what is there going to be? Uh, video screens with fake fire <laughs> and, and, and those really naff. Oh, oh they're totally naff animations, especially the War Machine. Well, the War Machine is kind of cool, but um. You know, well, it was cool. It was cool the first time, but five yeah. years later, like, all right, I've seen this a few times. I've seen it yeah, enough times. You know, and after Vegas, you know, that stage was cool, but it was custom made for that environment, really. You know, with the stuff that came out over the ceiling and was over you, mm-hmm. which was really kind of a nice way to see it. But there, there's no real way for them to do that in concert. You know, in the places that they're going to be playing in the summer. But what could they do? I mean, why would they number one want to invest that much money in doing anything when they are now nothing more than a legacy? Um, greatest hits kind of touring mm. package that's you know especially for the markets that they're playing they they're gonna those markets have not seen these stages so for any of the people who haven't traveled to see shows it's still going to be exciting enough so from that you know kind of reasoning they have no reason to change anything up for this summer it's it's not for the people in the big cities it's for those people who've been neglected for for many years so. yeah but honestly, Julian, okay, I, you're you're correct. I understand that. But I mean, the, this the, the times have changed. Though I mean, these people who haven't gone to these shows, I'm sure they have internet. Right. I'm sure they have access to sure. YouTube and could have seen these uh, these stages on these various clips and could be aware of them. So it's not like it would be a total shock. I could understand if it was one of those times when we didn't have the internet still and they would bring these st- same stages to those places. Then it would still be a total surprise. I could totally get it then. But I mean now. You know, 
a surprise is really on the first show I find because after that people have taken video of it, they've posted it everywhere, and now the the shock is gone. You know, you know? the set list before you get there. I mean, back in the yeah. day, you didn't know the set list before you got there, but now everybody. I mean, all you have to do is type in the set list. Everybody knows what the set list is to a show unless it's the first show. And and that's another thing too. That's another thing too because I mean, when that last rush tour happened. People were going, I was going online every night of that tour because they were doing a rotating set. They had a set list A, set list B, and people were going, okay, what the hell is going to be set list C? It's like there was some, still some excitement to it. Like, what are they changing to put it in? And I mean, I know that they say that, you know, Kiss has a very planned out stage thing. There's pyro and this and that, but come on. These guys have planned out stuff too on stage rush and stuff like that. I mean, it's not like you can change a song or two here every night and make some adjustments to it. I mean, these guys have lots of video that they do too, lots of things that they play to to a click. I mean, come on, it can be done. Oh, yeah, totally. And there's something. Oh, called, yeah. It's not, there, there are computers now that do amazing things. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know? and, oh, all of a sudden they break into this song? Oh, well, we hit this sequence of lights if they break into this yeah, I mean, song. I'll... I mean, hell, reprogram your freaking set list, you know, so that you change the order. Or you punch in, okay, we're going to put our, our D song in tonight because Kiss is not going to have four different set lists, are they? They're going to have maybe two different songs, one that gets performed one night and one that doesn't you know, get yeah. performed. That, that's as far as they go, right. out of 15 you, songs. Right, you rotate a few songs in and out, and they can say, okay, tonight we're going to do Making Love, and tomorrow night we're going to do I Stole Your Love or whatever, and... You know the roadies know that, or you know who's ever running, who's ever running the board knows that. And okay, well these sequence of light goes in at this point in time. That it can't be that difficult. That oh no, we have to do the same exact set list night in, night out. And I think Mark, you hit it right on the head. I think that's what grinds Kiss fans' gears more than anything is the predictability of the band. And you know, you guys mentioned that Kiss tickets are on sale for the the tour that are coming up, and that's coming up. And I think there's a reason why. It's because I think even the hardcore Kiss fans, it's like, you know what? I know they're going out on tour and I've spent a lot of money on it, but, you know, I know what it's going to be. And I think Kiss fans are kind of to that point where I know what it's going to be because I've seen them the last four or five times they've come to town and I, or, or I've traveled to see them the last four or five times that they've toured and I know what it's going to be. And I, I, I think the Kisses is just... You know, like like Julian said, they've just become like a, a showcase act or like a, a heritage act almost. And like mm-hmm. people know what they're going to get when they go to a Kiss show. And, and I think Gene and Paul like that, that they know what they're going to get when they go to a Kiss show because they've built this legacy. But at the same time, you have all these albums worth of material and you don't change it. I think I think Mark hit it more. I mean, I mentioned the rock band thing, but I think Mark hit it more than anything. That's what bothers Kiss fans more than anything is to, the predictability of the band, not only with the stage show, but also with the set list. I want to and, say it's not predictability, it's laziness. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That it's I, don't, I really don't believe that they're willing to invest the effort in making grand changes or even rehearsing additional songs or <clears throat> sitting down and really thinking about it. Now it seems to be the path of least resistance, the least amount of effort that it takes to put the product on the road in order to coast to the finish line, which only they know where that finish line is. So it, it, it's really, you know, it's 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 just it, pathetic, really. You know, I, I couldn't uh, even be bothered to travel this time to go and see him. And, here. you know, it would have yeah, been the perfect time. Here, I went and saw Guns last night. And I'll tell you what, it was... I even told my wife this this morning. I was like, you know what? I can, 
I understand why bands play the hits because they came out and they started with it's it's so easy and everybody knew that because it's on appetite and everybody has appetite and they played Mr. Brownson. Everybody knew that because mm-hmm. everybody has appetite. But then they went into Chinese democracy. Well, mm-hmm. people and I, and they kind of lost it right there and they because mm-hmm. it was like not everybody bought that CD. You know, but then they went in the jungle. Nobody knew that. And I, you could see, like, the crowd just go up and down from what they were playing. But with Kiss, Kiss has a handful of songs that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. With Detroit Rock City, with Rock and Roll Night, with Love Gun. And you can you can mix in and out 100,000 years and make in love and I Store Your Love. I mean, I'm not saying you got to go out there and play all the way every night or something like that. But you can play some of those midstream hits, and the same amount of people are going to know. Um, but it was, but it was really interesting to me to see that last night. How the crowd just fluctuates up and down from like, oh, you know, and then they're playing mm-hmm. this I love off Chinese Democracy, and then Slash does a solo and goes into Sweet Child of Mine. And the crowd just goes berserk, mm-hmm. and then they go into something else, and they just and it falls, and they just lost their energy and goes back down. It was like a roller coaster a lot of the night. It was really kind of interesting to me, but. But people that are going to a Kiss show are going to see the show. Yeah, you know, you know, and, and my wife said, you know, that, that was fun last night. But because I actually and I knew a lot of the Guns N' Roses songs, said, but a Kiss show is fun because I think Kiss is better at putting on the show. And for a lot of fans, that's what it's about: is going to the show, and this, and the music is just a soundtrack to the show for a lot of fans. Yeah, you so, know what? That would be the casual fan. Yeah, <laughs> correct. But- but Correct. that's the thing. That's the thing, though. I think the one thing that we're kind of dancing around here is that I think that Axel, and I'll give him credit for this. I think Axel still has that artistic fire burning in him still to make something credible of Guns N' Roses still. Where I, where I, whereas I kind of find Kiss are kind of just like trot, trotting and jogging to that nest egg that they're trying to build up for their retirement and just, you know. Like you said, path of least resistance. Let's just keep it what we know is going to work. Let's not put in too much extra cash. Let's make as much as we can now because pretty soon, you know, we're going to be sipping those, you know, lattes on the beach when we're retired and chilling out. And I just, that's why I don't think they're making a new record. That's why I don't think they're investing in other things too, right? I think Gun still has that burning fire to do it, you know? Well, I think you're right, Mark, because if you can sell a microphone to somebody who's willing to pay $3,500 for it, And you're willing and, and a guitar for eight thousand dollars that I played for one song on stage, and more power to you if you can afford to do that, and and if you have enough fu money that you can just go ahead and just drop that kind of jack and go ahead and do it, that's great. I don't I, I don't have a, you know if you can do that, that's great. But I think there, it just comes to a point like you said of of just like exploiting it for the money and not the artistic ability at a certain point. Yeah, there's there's, there's no artistic. Uh, you know, left in Creative the equation. But in terms right. of Axel, I think that he's put in, and and this is going off a little bit on a tangent, but, you know, he's getting Slash to play Chinese Democracy and the songs from that album is giving it... He's, give, he's managed to get leg, legitimacy for that album, which a lot of GNR mm-hmm. fans are like, there's no one on that album apart from Axel. It's not a Guns N' Roses album. So by getting him to play that, he's he's making that art that he made and poured what 10 million you know years into you know that's why they're still playing free songs off because they won't let it go this this is this is why they need uh kiss needs ace back too i think it would it would obviously it would definitely change the set list 
if they, nothing else is going to change that. Plus, to have him on stage playing his, you know, solos uh, like Ace plays him the sloppy way, and, and not the the, the smoky no, guitar, n- and- not the Tommy Thayer, you know, perfect way. <laughs> I guess I don't know what you would call it perfect, but I mean, uh, no, no disrespect to Tommy. I think he's he's great, um, but uh, I think that might reinvigorate or, or you know, kind of spark the band a little bit. Uh, if they brought him back, maybe they do an album and, you know, then tour, do an album with Ace and uh, and Eric and and, and tour. Uh, I think it would be a you know a boost, you know, to creativity. Uh, maybe kicking the ass. We're and I think the sad the part about that, the sad part about that too, is that look how many records Ace has released in this time. You know what I mean? I mean, come well, on. That's, that's the other thing. <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean, maybe he would give them a little bit of a kick in the rear end to say, you know, hey, guys, I've released three records. What have you guys done? You know, kind of thing where, you know, like give them a little bit yeah. of a, you know, light up, <laughs> light, light them up a bit. You know what I mean? Like, why not? You know, exactly. They need some kind of kick in the butt, you know, like Lonnie, Lonnie said, you know, something to, to push them to do that. I mean, geez, does their stock market dropped completely out and they lost all their money. Maybe they say, Oh shoot, we better, we better get our butts in gear and, and you know, yeah. try to make some money or something. But I don't know. Well, well, even at that, you know, you're talking about what bothers us about the band. I wish something I wish they would do that. They, that they theoretically, that they realistically could do is that, you know, they, they go on the, the, the kiss cruises and they, yeah. and they pull out these, these gems that the hardcore Kiss fans want to hear. Well, and I'm not saying you got it that they should do this every year, like they do a Kiss Cruise, but maybe once every few years. And they, and this is the sixth Kiss Cruise coming up. You know, they've had the opportunity to do this for a while now, and they saw how it went over with the hardcore fans. Is that why not go out maybe right after the Kiss Cruise or something like that in November and play six or eight? North American cities and play small theaters, mm-hmm. like small theaters, like Close. thousand seat theaters, yeah. thousands, two thousand seats. Thank you, Julian. And, <laughs> and play those type of set lists in that type of setting and charge two hundred dollars a ticket. <laughs> I don't think it's that funny. I think it's a very re- realistic idea. No, I think do it and do the do the creature. Yeah, he's right. You you could yeah, do, do the, something the like creature that. show and it bring it on. Even if you want to charge three hundred dollars a ticket, and yeah. do them in, and do it in Chicago and, and San Francisco and New York and Dallas and, and places like that, and even the even you know even the Kiss fans who went on the cruise from Chicago are still going to go to something like that, and you're going to get people from in the area say. Oh wow, they're playing like a small. Not only am I going to get to see Kiss in a small theater type setting, but they're going to play some of these songs that that I've always wanted to hear them play. And I'm not saying doing it in a bunch of cities, doing like six, maybe eight cities, something like that. I think I think that'd be I think that'd be something that that fans would just eat up. Easy tickets. Yeah, and you could charge. Like I said, you could charge two, three hundred dollars a ticket, and they would sell out. You could do it. Yeah, but I think though there still has to be an element something more special to those shows it can't just be that we're just going to be playing you know a small theater like maybe they have to have to make some sort of a theme oh, no. around it too you know what to i mean play an obscure type set list too 
not just, yeah, and, sake, not oh, just yeah. for the sake of seeing them in theater when they're going to play Detroit City, Love Gun, and I Love It Loud. No, no, no. you got to play like the the Kiss Cruise style of set list with All the Way or Love Her All I Can. But, and, but what I'm, but what I'm saying, that. though, but what I'm saying, though, is to make it even more kind of specialized. Like, for example, I'm not, I think it was Kiss Cruise 3, was it, where they did, where they came out in those in their suits to do the dress to kill kind of thing yeah, you know was, like yeah. even even kind of something like that where they do something specialized like that where they came out in sure. totally different costumes like make it something that people will really remember for that you know not only because it's a small theater and it's intimate yeah. but give it a kind of a vibe to it that's like wow i, I never saw really something like that experience. maybe come out yeah. wearing the de- depends or something <laughs> <laughs> that'd be shocking wouldn't it <laughs> Shock me. Whatever works for you, Pat. <laughs> Actually, mentioning uh, the dress to kill suits Metallica now copying Kiss. Yep. Oh, really? Yep. They've hooked right. up. They've hooked up with a designer as well, and yeah, Lars looks like a ball sack <laughs> completely. <laughs> So getting off the maybe the set list, uh, I'll just go on to something else real quick that I had written down. You know, uh, and this is just just a minor thing for me, I guess, in a way, but it's a rant. Now, Gene's makeup. <clears throat> come That's on. good, too. That's good. That's I mean, more, come that's on. more to do with his plastic surgery, isn't it? I don't know. I think you can you can design it any way you want on the face of the makeup, right? If you draw it a certain way, it'll it'll work. Uh, I don't think Cossie's had so many pulls back on his on the skin or whatever and injections and and who knows what else um that it's not going to affect it too much um but yeah he's he's and you know he moved the wig down a little lower to create a lower forehead too you know you can do that too (laughs) i think paul does it i don't know i mean (laughs) the thing and and then the eyes you know the eyes around the eyes he's not always blacking him you know and uh I guess as a extension to that, you know, get that evil looking makeup back from like, you know, Destroyer or, or Love Gun or even uh, even you know creatures. Um, it was a lot better than the makeup he's doing now. And then the other thing is, uh, you know, come on, act like the demon on stage. I don't want you goofing around and doing googly eyes and. And stuff. I want the old demon back that you know gritted his teeth and and it looked like he was gonna bite your head off. You know, back then that was that's the demon I want on stage. Um, I want him. I want him. You know, lean and mean. <laughs> so yeah, that's so that's a that's a bother for me. <laughs> yeah, but now if you think back to what was it, the Mike Douglas show '74, Toadie Fields. Oh yeah. You know, if under all that makeup, you're just a nice Jewish boy. You know, is your mom yes, watching yes. this? You know, now everyone right, knows right. that he's, you know, a straight arrow. Sure, but part. still so, you can. So now yeah. having. You, can't, you still have the Superman Clark Kent transformation, though. Yeah, yeah but you can still have. He's, he's opened his mouth too many times in the past 40 <laughs> years to have any cred with uh, trying to pull off the demon character any longer. What? Oh, that's oh. my door. Hold on. You guys continue. Oh. Well, I think I think he could still pull it off, you know, like he used to. Um, you can have the Superman Clark. It's kind of like when you know, yeah, when he, when they took off the makeup, he was still in that character, though that didn't look right so much without the makeup. But yeah. you could see he was doing the same 
facial yeah, expressions and everything else you know, during, his teeth, during yeah. look it up. Um, so, yeah, he can just get that back. I mean, it's, it shouldn't be that difficult for him to do that. So that's just he, part of that. that yeah. I'm with you on the makeup, though. The makeup just looks goofy the way he does it now. And, yeah, he can make it more evil looking. Um, definitely. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I always just wonder, like, how much age is a factor in some of these things like i mean do you do you think that maybe it's one of those things now where you know he, he says to himself i'm 60 some odd i don't know if i want to be acting like i'm you know some demon i want to uh, you know what i mean like or for the retirement age you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be a poor man's kiss my wax Ooh. oh good i sense i sense cassettes yeah, I think so. It's probably another freaking elder. Yeah. And? Can't get into it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Elder. Where is oh, that nice. one from? This, this one is... Spain. Oh. Oh, nice. So, I'm a loser. Set from Spain. I'm a loser. I admit it. <laughs> All right, not so on this we'll, show. Well, well, but you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this though. To getting onto another thing though, another little rant thing. But I'm gonna say something though, in a positive light though, that I like yeah. about Kiss. Okay, this time, and that is, I think more than most bands in the world, I admire Kiss because they really really found a, like a, a way to get their products and their merchandise in every possible nook and cranny around the world. I think their whole marketing thing is excellent. And I'll get, just tell you a really quick thing here. This morning, I decided to take my mother to, to, go, to go shopping at a garden center because she's big into gardening and stuff like that. And I figured, you know what, I'll be a good son. I'll go take her and buy her some flowers and stuff like that, you know, because she really likes doing it. So I went there. Now, I'm in this place down, you know, 30 minutes away from my house, down the country. Road, middle of nowhere. And in the corner of my eye, I see something. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And I look and I see this. A Kiss coffee mug. Okay. You know, it's... And according to the bottom of the box, it says it's official. Kiss online... You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a few years old go. signatures. <laughs> yeah, but 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 my whole point is that the last thing I would have expected in this garden center, you know, <laughs> would have been to go and buy myself a Kiss coffee mug, you know, that came from apparently their Kiss online site. You know, now if that doesn't show the stretch and the reach of Kiss and their marketing, then I don't know really what does. I mean, that's like. You know, that's like finding stuff like that in, I don't know, like some like in a health food store or something like, you know, and some obscure place that you would never expect to find it. I mean, I, I really didn't think that I would find that in a garden center. You know, is that, is that where you would you know plant your kiss pot? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. That, I suppose that would be a, where you would go for your, oh, your kiss planting needs. Right? Yeah, your planting needs. Yeah. Planting needs. 
So but what, what, you're, what you're really saying or alluding to is Kiss is a virus, a plague that has reached all corners of the planet so that yeah. they have become utterly successful in their business model. Yeah, well, yeah. if one thing, you, you if, cannot, if one thing they are... You cannot escape from them. Yeah, right. if that's one thing that they've been yeah, they very it. successful in is that. Maybe not their set lists or their stages, but they've been successful in infiltrating all of our marketplaces. And that's the part that really bums me out about the band as much. When we're so desperate for music and demos and videos and exciting shit relating to the music, which is what got me in the band into the band in the first place, is that we're left with seeing Hello Kitty on... A store shelf or going by some retro hipster bullshit store where there's a kiss t-shirt being worn by someone who's <laughs> just bought it because it looks cool and that they have basically sold themselves to any product that there's for my personal anything they can put their anything yeah, they can possibly and, and, put their name on and this is all subjective again because i have zero interest in any of that crap it is you know, 95% of what I see, I wouldn't buy. I kind of chuckle at. I don't, you know, resent anyone buying it who is into it because it's personal choice. But I just think it is just so lame, you know. Well, and I just it, bought it mainly depressing. because of the show today. Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 that's I mean, the reason why I bought it it's... because I wanted to. I knew you we were going to have a rant, but as soon as I saw that, it just that's... stuck out to me. I go, you know what? A kiss mug is at least something that you can use. Yeah, yeah unless, I have my kiss mug I drink coffee out of. So. Yeah, right. I've not, got one at work as well. Other, like plush doll and crap like that. But it, it's these stupid things that have been licensed that have absolutely nothing to do with reality. I also get bothered by the kiss ashtrays and the kiss alcohol. Mm. Coming from Gene, yeah. I find that horrendously hey. hypocritical. Hypocritical. And, you, and, yeah. and you know what? Yeah. what? Here's a memo. Gene is human. So, you know, a dollar instead of integrity, you know, majority of people are going to go for the dollar. But I think the ashtray in particular and some of the drug paraphernalia or stuff that can be used for that. Um, and some of that may not be official, so you've got to be very careful around that. But uh, smoking? Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. So. And... Nothing worse than an ex-smoker. So. I got a question mm. for you, Julian. Um if you know something on the inside, maybe I don't know. But uh, how? What's their contract uh, length with Universal? I mean, is it almost up or? I've no idea. Yeah, I haven't heard okay. anything you know, out of the business side of the band in many years. I would think that they're probably on an ad hoc arrangement. That if they want to do something, that they know that it's smarter to do it through universal who is still the major label with all the distribution and all the backing rather than doing kiss records which yeah. is just kind of pointless which is why they went back with them but i have nothing to back that up factually it's just mm -hmm. kind of a gut feeling that they're so lazy that running kiss records was too much effort when they can just get when universal. they when they went back with universal when they released monster i was really hopeful that that meant meant that well, maybe with the backing of a major label that we're going to get more product and, and, and better product. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that really hasn't happened out. We got that singles box set, which was really cool, but we yeah. really haven't gotten like, they used to have like a, like a, some kind of release every year as far as some kind of like, like that, like that uh, kiss alive 75 to 2000 box set that we got. And they used to have some kind of product every year for a while. And we really haven't gotten that. I mean, I know we're going to get the Vegas thing here next month, but I don't think we're going to get another major Kiss 
released before the end of the year or anything like that. It, you, you know what, though? That, that leads me to believe, though, that what Julian says is correct, though, because usually when you sign a record contract, within the contract itself, it'll tell you that you have you have to deliver X amount of records within X amount of time is usually the way they lie, line it out, right? right. So yeah. I'm, kind of, I'm kind of thinking that what probably happened here is that they signed them to release Monster, and now everything beyond Monster is probably on a, some sort of an optional basis with the label that they both need to agree on. Whether Kiss says, yeah, I want to do it, the label, I think, would still probably have to give final okay to doing it. I mean, it's not like they, I don't think they signed a contract with them now saying you have to release three albums in the next five years. Otherwise they would have done something. I don't think that they did that at all. I yep. just think this was a one-off and that's it. Totally. It's not, it's not a traditional record contract. If you look on the back of monster, if I recall, it says something to the effect of license exclusively to universal. Yeah. You know, so, you know, it, it's simply, they're calling what? up universal and saying, Hey, we've got something interested. You know, it's, it's probably their first stop. Why don't usually, they try Ken. Sorry, I was just gonna say, go, go ahead, ahead, Ken. All right, uh, I'd say, why don't they, why don't they try to buy back their, <laughs> their licensing? You know, I, I'm sure it would cost a, a ton of money, money, but you know what? Hey, Maybe they're making enough money on rock and brews and whatever and and whatnot. I mean, they have enough money to to buy it back, cause and then they can look down. If you see in the future, it's gonna pay pay itself off. In the future, maybe not for while they're alive, because but, because but their, their family, catalog, their kids, and no, their catalog doesn't shift anywhere enough units to justify rebuying anything that they've already been paid for, you know, because mm. they got better payment whenever they sold the catalog. I don't remember the year um, than they would ever, you know, they, you know, Hori Pro would want to recoup. And who, and I don't even know how any of that thing's structured now, but yeah. they do they not. Sh- they don't. Off. They don't shift sawed all in terms of, you know, material. They do very well when they release a DVD package, but their back catalog is not selling. And you know, when we had the sound scan figure, and we're overdue actually to try and get an update of sound scan figures. So if anyone okay. has a account in Nielsen Sound Scan who would like to do. A quick report for me, you know. We we uh, obviously freely share it and keep your name out of it. Mark, you were gonna follow up with a point, so please do. No, I was just gonna talk about what the licensing that usually that traditionally it was a, a excellent way for bands to go. I remember when I was in my couple of bands I was in, and I was talking to our music lawyer. He was always pushing that avenue where he was saying, you know, we better offer you to record, pay for it yourself. And then go out and try to license it to various different places, like give a licensing deal for um, for the U.S., licensing deal for Europe. This way, you have different avenues where money comes in for your band, which is probably what they were thinking. You know, I mean, obviously Universal being the big label now, I mean, they're probably all getting it from the same pool now. But, you know, back in the day when there were many different labels and many different options, that's what they was. That's what they kind of looked at doing and what was the way to make a lot of money like when maiden sold off their catalog for that five-year period to a label and they got a huge chunk of money back for it and i believe bowie did the same thing a lot of these bands did that to re jumpstart their careers because they got a huge chunk of money and five years the rights reverted back to them after they you know after those labels made a shitload of money re-releasing their catalog Mm -hmm. but you know that's all timing and that's all you know yeah, uh, you have to strike when the iron's hot when they're still selling. Then, though, 
Yeah, and and now there's no option for Kiss. I, we've mentioned my next kind of you know thing that really my rants several times before on the show, and it's the inability for Kiss to do anything in relation to Record Store Day on a day on a yearly yeah. basis. Yeah, it, it seems to be such a big gap for Kiss Online, which if you remember the Sonic Boom vinyl they sold it ex- I, th- I believe it was exclusively through kiss online and then there was a certain amount of overstock that was available through um i think kiss army warehouse you know had had mm-hmm. access to so it uh, it all very much came through an official source record store day would be such a perfect oh, yeah. opportunity to kiss get them into the record stores where which you know, I, I think Nigel's probably bought everything in Northern California while he's been here. That was in the record stores, but um, seems that way. Now, when I go into the record stores in San Francisco, and it may just be I'm unlucky, uh, there's nothing in the record stores except for the frickin' reissues, which the reissues, just, yeah, yeah uh, the the reissues. They're even in the used bins for twenty bucks a pop, which is more than I know. I, I'm not paying that for a Kiss record. And there's just there's nothing. But how exciting it would be at record store day to go in, either get a 45 with put rock and roll all night on it, do a different version like that demo that surfaced a few years ago, something different. Mm-hmm. But again, we get, probably are running into the relationship issues between <laughs> catalog, record label, and the archive, and the person who takes care of that business for the band. So. It's just such a shame. It seems to to the layman such an easy thing to do. If Metallica can put out a cassette on Record Store Day of their Kill 'Em All demo or whatever it was, was it Metal yeah. Up Your Ass or Metal Up Your oh, Ass? Yeah, yeah. You know, and the Foo Fighters. I'm sorry. I'm a. I like David Grohl and the Foo's. They always put cool shit out, and all these other bands that have done really interesting stuff. It'd yeah, Iron Maiden. The Iron Maiden did Empire of the Cloud. They did a picture oh, yeah, disc. Yeah, it was a picture yeah. disc, and Cheap Trick had something this year too, among others. And the thing is, it I, to me, I think it would be a, a win-win because you know you're going to get exposure too to other people that maybe didn't listen to Kiss who just like to buy exclusives. You may catch a hook, something like a fish, and like, oh, oh, this is pretty good. I'm yeah. going to start looking, investigating in this other Kiss music now, and start buying the back catalog. Because, right. yeah, because if you think about it, there's a lot of people now, when I listen to these different kind of vinyl podcasts, lots of people are getting into the whole record store day thing just as an event itself. Whether, oh, and, yeah. you know, and just and just going for those kind of things where they say, oh, you know what, I found this really cool colored disc or colored vinyl of some band and I bought it because it looked really awesome. Like there's a lot of people out there that are doing that. So like you said, you might actually snag a few more fans if you made something like that. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and some of the exclusives for the different record, the, the the stores that still exist that sell vinyl. I mean, look what Ace did recently. I don't think it was specifically for Records the Day, before. Day, but you know, with his version of Origins for uh, what was it, Fi, Fye, um, yeah. you know, with, which only had a black border on it. I mean, you know, nothing yeah. spectacularly, you know, interesting, but still for thirty three ninety eight retail out here in California mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, you know. It was a good idea for my, and it, it did have a different guitar on the front, I think, as well. So yeah, um, it did. Can't remember. I have to dig mine out. So yeah, there's know, a different it, guitar. It just seems to be something that they continually miss. But what else have they missed? Have they missed any merchandise? You guys think that uh, are just so obvious that it's kind of dumb? 
Mm. Any merchandise? Merchandise? Yeah. Yes. Is there any licensing untouched? Gene. That that's a that's a tough question. Or, or, because, or is yeah. that or is that a consultancy question that would re- require some funding from Kiss to provide? Because the, the well has been tapped in so many places. I think that that's a tough question to ask. Yeah. I mean, that's in, it's an interesting question to ask because we have we have so many answers for so many other things. But if there's one thing that I think Kiss has done well is merchandise. They they've merchandised so many things, yeah. condoms, coffins. I mean, they they've done anything you can think of. I think they've had their name on it. They have you know curtains and blankets, bedding yes, sheets. Yeah, they have. They have. They what don't they Shower have? For, you know. Fun. You know what? Yeah. Kiss, bowling balls. Kiss has got yeah, you covered from conception to death. I mean, yeah. they they run, they run the gauntlet. You know, they haven't made like a, a real love gun, like a, a real gun. They haven't done that. The kiss gun. <laughs> kiss gun. Kiss Glock. Kiss Glock. There you go. <laughs> for your American cool. needs. Just, just you guys for, yeah, for your American needs. Your, yeah. You guys were talking about back catalog, and can you guys believe this? That those remasters came out 19 years ago. That, 97. That's a. Uh, yeah, what I mean, it's been 19 years since I bought Hotter Than Hell on CD for for the second time on CD. Anyway, you know, I yeah. and we've talked we talked a little bit about like the Destroyer Resurrected and the Love Gun um, Deluxe set, but I can't believe that Kiss hasn't I... maximized. And this goes back to Universal, I guess, too. But they haven't maximized that back catalog the way Led Zeppelin yeah. has and Black Sabbath has. And yeah. Uh, Metallica is doing right, and Metallica has done recently with um, Ride the Lightning and, Ki- and Kill Em All. That I can't believe they're not maximizing that back catalog. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, it's been 19 years since a lot of Kiss fans have bought those albums. I would love to see them do a, uh, you know, a 40-year rock and roll over this year at right. around the time of the anniversary. Man, I'd snatch that up in a, you know, like that. Yeah, but it'd be like the Love Gun Deluxe. Uh, yeah, that's. That's the problem. Maybe not, not the same format. But... Yeah, you'd end up with a teaching demo to I Want You and maybe a radio interview <laughs> with all the static. I mean, and maybe we'll take some I live recordings and, and overdub with tr- drum triggers. So. Maybe they have a DVD with uh, Ace playing poker with his buddies or something, too. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Peter doing cocaine in the bathroom. <laughs> but, but you know what? I, I want to just put out my one last rant really quickly because I think it's kind of, for me, I find it kind of important. I just want to just put it out there really quick. Is the one thing that, that kind of bugs me with Kiss is that I think that they're, that they're kind of not taking advantage of the fact that that things are going well for them in one sense, that a lot of other bands now are having to come to a close, like Rush is called it a night, you know, and a lot of other bands have had to sort of wrap things up for whether for various reasons, whether it's health issues and stuff like that. And Alex Lifeson has, has a bit of a condition with psoriasis, right? And me and him have one thing in common because I have the same problem. If you look at this hand on my this finger, see this finger here? That joint is completely doubled in size compared to this one. See this middle finger here? It's completely thin and this one my knuckle is like double and I can't I can't completely bend down that finger wow. because I have psoriasis that's moved into the joint and it's moved into my neck here too. 
And I know that he's been talking about that on the Russian Rio DVD. If you look at listen, watch it, he says that he has back then he had minor issues with psoriasis, and that really hinders your playing. It really hinders my left hand for guitar playing. So I think Kiss are very lucky as a band. They don't seem to have too many ailments of that one other than, you know, self-imposed ones like where they, you know, maybe pop a knee or something like that. But they don't really have too many health issues in that regard that are preventing them from going on and continuing to do what they love doing. And a lot of these bands are forced to stop doing the things that they love and would love to continue doing it. And I know Neil Peart said the same thing that, you know, it's mainly because of his health and his, you know, beaten up body that he wants to stop touring and stuff like that. So I think that those guys need to count themselves lucky for how they are and why not still take advantage of being able to do these things and go make one more record, go do another good tour. You know, the, the time will come where you're not going to be able to do it anymore and then it's going to be too late and it's going to be, and it's something that's difficult to live with. I know for me, it's hard because I love playing live and I'm going to still continue to do it, but I can't do it nearly as often as I would love to do it because if I played for like three weeks straight on this hand, this this finger would become really hard to bend after a while. I mean, I, I constantly do, you know, like rehabbing with water rehab with this hand so that I can get it to move and to somewhat use it for guitar playing. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful and I knock on wood that I can still play as well as I do. But, you know, health is something that you cannot win over. If, if your body decides to go, you know, and call it a day on something, unless you find a really good doctor and some really miraculous medicine, then that's it, man. You're, you're not doing it anymore. And I think that they should count themselves lucky and just take this time that you have and do something with it. That's, that's, that's really cool. And thanks for sharing that yeah. with us, Mark. Yeah. 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 You know, you know, can't keep, fight Father Time. No, and keep no. keep playing. You know, simple as yeah. that. But you know, if Kiss doesn't have any ideas of how to do an album now, you know, they should listen to the latest episode of Podcast, which of course was a yeah. crossover, a different kind of circus. <laughs> yep. That was excellent. That. Yeah. You know, that was excellent. Which which I completely forgot to plug at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Ken. Sorry, BJ. But Mark, thank you for providing a perfect segue to that. <laughs> You're welcome, but it was it was really well done. So, it, Mark, like you said, though, if they could do another album, um, look, you know, Rolling Stones are they're going to do another album, right? Oh God, so I hope not. They they are. Yeah. So so come on, if they can do it, Kiss can do it. You know, just do it. You know. Do it. You said the van, The fans are the most Do it important. With Ace, like Ken said. Exactly. The fans are the most important thing, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's give the fans something special with a special producer. You know, just try to do something. Maybe a last hurrah or something. But I'd love to I'd love to see a new album. Okay. <laughs> Julian laughs at your idea. <laughs> it's like I. <laughs> He's like, that's not gonna happen. Oh, I wish it. But you know, I, I, totally, I never say I, never, right? Yeah, I, I, I never say never, and I never hope for anything because, you know, hoping for things with Kiss, unfortunately, has often been futility, you know, that, personified, which is, is so, so sad for such an exciting band to 
really end up in a state that really is so has so many fans and former fans just saying, meh, who I, we don't care anymore. You know, it, it doesn't inspire us. It doesn't. I, you know, there are people who don't even listen to Kiss any longer, which. You know, they've just become so bored of everything wrapped up in the band and mostly what's occurred over the last 15 years, you know, since particularly Ace departed, that they've they've walked away. And that's a very sad thing. And it's so sad. It's even more sad that many of them are still participating on the message boards, ruin everyone else's trips. <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that, I feel another rant coming on. Right. <laughs> Actually, I'll fucking delete the board. Oh. <laughs> Any last rants, people? I'm all ranted out. That's about it. Yeah, I, I've said what I wanted to say. All yeah. right. Well, let's call that a show. You know, listening to us go on, I'm sure we've missed some really obvious ones. We always do because oh, yeah. everyone's got you know some really good perspectives of their own from their experiences. So, you know, come over onto the board or onto the Facebook page and let us know some of your biggest kiss rants. I mean... Obviously, uh, it'd be nice to hear some that we haven't thought about or for you to chime in on, you know, maybe where we've gone a little bit off kilter from your opinion, you know, so do do let us know. We love the conversations that we've been having after the episodes recently on the board and on Facebook and uh, do appreciate everyone who chimes in with their opinion, good or bad. You know, it's uh, it's it's a two way conversation. So we love hearing what you say. So from the FAQ podcast crew, Ken and Lonnie and Mark. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.